With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. And welcome back to another edition of Leadering Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. Beautiful day. A little, uh, little muggy out here. Uh, the sun's not really out. The clouds are covering the sun rays, but still, it was really nice. Um, nice day to work. Nice day to be outside gardening. Nice day to open up a can of beer, relax, and sit down and listen and leave it in the ring so we can talk some boxing. So, for us fight fans, we had a really busy weekend of scheduled fights from FS1 to ESPN to DAZN. Some dull fights, but overall we had a good enough fights that we could review them here on today's show. But plus on today's show, we're going we're gonna to dis- discuss the upcoming hit or more than likely miss heavyweight fights between Dante Wilder and Dom- Dominic Brazil and Tyson Fury and, Times- and Tom Swartz. I'm sorry, I've been e- I was eating peanuts because I'm hungry. So... Anyways, uh, also on the show, uh, going into the tweet universe, a very hopeful tweet from Mr. Top Rank himself, Bob Arum, tweeting that there's a strong possibility that if Trans Crawford defeats Amir Khan, which is coming on pay-per-view, they're likely to try to cross the street to face Errol Spence Jr., who just got his win, a dominant win, also on the PBC pay-per-view, over Mikey Garcia. But before we get in on, into all that, let's go to uh, to the reviews. Gabriel? What's up, man? Uh, I'm sorry I was eating peanuts is, is one of the great non-sequiturs of all time. I'm going to be using that <laughs> all night. Um, I was. I was eating we peanuts. We had some. I mean, you know, last weekend we had a whole lot of fights happen. Right. Um, it was like, you know, I had left up the schedule uh, from last week on my tab just because it was like – it was just so many fights. It was like you couldn't keep up. And it was on, you know, ESPN plus, uh, it was, you know, the, the, the Avalon stream, the zone ESPN plus again. And then Sunday uh, Fox sports one, it was like unbelievable how many fights there were, but then this weekend, you know, uh, it's going to be equally busy and it's kind of incredible. There's like 25 fights happening this weekend. I'm not quite sure how you don't start a boxing league with this many fights, but with cards that are like, you know, not exactly the most thrilling across the board. There's got to be a better way to, to do all this. And uh, I don't think that we're actually headed there, but we'll, we'll get into it. Uh, some of the highlights for the weekend. I thought uh, you were talking about this before we went on the air, the KO of the weekend uh, at the Leicester arena in Leicester. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Sam Wa- Maxwell losing the fight down a couple times early. 
uh, comes back because he's getting taunted by Sabri Sideri with uh, about 10 seconds left in the fight. He lands a home run punch and uh, stops his man. He, he kind of rises to his feet, but is completely out. Uh, Justice is given Sam Maxwell comes away with the KO, uh, reminding us all, Keep your hands up. Don't taunt your opponent. It was night. It was definitely a Nate, a Nate Campbell moment when that happened. Uh, Robbie Peden. Yeah. 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 Hit me in the face. Uh, oops. Terrible idea. But even this was like, he was like dancing in front of him, like, you know, making fun of him. Even like non-boxing moves. They were like child taunts. And then, bang, he got hit. And this, you know, like somebody shot him from like a great distance. Uh, just flat out of back, staring at the lights. Right. He was taking a page from those two YouTubers that decided to get in the ring and box. You know, they were dancing before they threw a punch. It was really strange. Funny, you know, but... Well, I didn't... I, I, I missed that. I don't... I don't, uh, I don't watch YouTube uh, fights, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. That's some sort of reference. Uh, as cooler than I am. Uh, Thursday, the Avalon, Hollywood, California. Juan Antonio Rodriguez KOs Mercita Hesta in nine. Uh, you know, amazing dude... Didn't give up, uh, gave Mercita a lot of problems, and, and really seemed to be just able to, to kick it into another gear. Whereas Hesta, that's been the problem. Where's that other gear? It just never quite had it. It suffers the first uh, KO loss of his career. Uh, and Sunday night, uh, we'll get to this. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll jump uh, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Saturday night at the Centro Espectaculos del Rio Ferial in Metepec, Mexico, uh, Andre Slinky Selby uh, loses. Uh, via body shot KO to Jose Cesar Martinez Aguilar. Uh, Selby was boxing well. He won the first two. Then the headbutt in the third started a cut off of a clash of heads. Uh, Martinez lost a point for it. Uh, Slinky seemed to want to dance and box via Slinky. Uh, Martinez wanted to fight, and uh, he finally got Selby to stay in front of him for far too long. Uh, a minute into the fifth, Martinez dropped Selby with left of the body. Uh, to score the upset special of the weekend. Uh, at the hangar in Costa Mesa, California, Kubrat Pulev uh, dropped Bogdan Dinu three times in the seventh to score the KO victory, surviving a nasty, one of the nastiest cuts of the year so far. And I think he might uh, take that honor away. Uh, we suffered a brutal, a brutal cut off of a punch in the fourth. The right hand just exploded. Uh, it was like a kind of a splintered shot that, that you know, or a, a cut that, that I think is going to keep him out for, for quite a long time. He's the, the, the mandatory for Joshua, but with a cut that bad, uh, you're going to want that thing to heal for, for a good long while before uh, Absolutely, stepping yeah. back in. Um, yeah, uh, Pulev suffered a, a point loss for hitting Juno when he was down on the back of the head. Uh, this was the, the, what, the seventh round? And uh, this kind of got things started, and then there was two more knockdowns off the hands. Uh, Dino was given time to recover, but never really recovered uh, off of those brutal shots. Particularly back of the head, it, it, it seemed like that was like the pile driver that really got him going. Uh, and the guy just – but to me, it was like Pulev was bleeding so badly, that he just decided to step it up with the jab in the right hand, just like, I'm going to cave my, my way through your guard and just kind of beat you down. And that's – he got it done, man. He, kudos to him. Was, well. Uh, when you talk about go time with that blood, it was, and that's that's the thing. When you talk about having a second gear, well, guess that didn't doesn't you know we've we've never seen it. He's always been a hopeful, but we've never seen that second gear. Uh, well, Pula, we did because of all the blood. I think he was aware, like, hey, this is a big gas. There's blood all over the place. Strong possibility the ref can stop it 
and it could sway to the other guy. So he took it upon his and to take it on his own hands and make sure that he had a secure victory. So intense, intense moments for him. Um, I mean, there was action just all over the place, man. Uh, Lawrence Oakley unified the British and Commonwealth cruiserweight titles. Um, you know, he moves to 12 and 0 with nine KOs. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm just looking at the different results. Andrew Maloney knocked out Miguel Gonzalez in the WBA uh, eliminator. Uh, and now he's in line for a shot at Khalid Yafe uh, to be an exciting fight. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, you, you pick poison, but there was... Night was really the fight of the weekend and and uh, the end of an era in, in a sense um, at the MGM Grand or the MGM National Harbor I should say in Oxon Hill and uh, Sergey Lipinets TKO'd and retired Lamont Peterson in ten rounds uh, his longtime trainer uh, threw threw in the towel uh, for Peterson as he hit the pretty or hit the canvas I should say uh, pretty hard uh, there in that final round. It's a brutal phone booth kind of fight, and um, this shows you how far, how long I've been off the beat. I didn't know Joe Houston had picked up Sergey Lipinets, uh, who's kind of bounced around at different g- uh, gyms. He's a bit of a road warrior in that regard, um, and a guy that travels with no entourage, but is just all warrior. Um, and I think that really suits the Joe Goosen style. I mean, they they came inside, uh, not a lot of jabs in this fight. It was it was really you know a phone war of attrition, and Lipinets. At, uh, moving up to 147, he says he feels very strong. Um, he's not, you know, it's it's boxing, not bodybuilding. He doesn't look uh, muscle bound or anything, but uh, he sure looked durable and looked dangerous and stopping a game. But uh, ultimately overmatched, and and I guess since he retired right after the fight over the hill, Lamont Peterson, Dave. Yeah, you know the thing about Lamont Peterson is that it's slick. He, you know, in the beginning of his career, he was a slick fighter, and I remember back. When uh, people would complain that he was kind of boring, it was his brother that more or less got the applause. And this was back in like 07, 08 when he he really was labeled as a slick fighter. And if you look out his whole career, he doesn't have one fight that kind of stands out. He didn't get that one defined win. The one win that he did receive over Amir Khan was kind of tainted later. But if anything, here's a guy, his ledger of opponents speaks values, you know, his willingness to face the best, to, to best the fans over and to test his skills and heart, it should leave a legacy of respect, in my opinion. When hearing Lamont was going to fight, when, when you heard Lamont was going to fight, it, it, it made you go get a bowl of popcorn and a six-pack with children refrigerator because you knew it was going to be a great show. I don't know any other way but to applaud the guy because – when you want to see a fighter to t- that, that's willing to give themselves completely to the ring and to the sport, Lamont Peterson comes to mind. I mean, has the guy really ever been in a bad fight after 09? Look at his resume. and, and Think about it. In 09 December, he fought Timothy Brandy, which he lost you know, on a unanimous decision. Then he got in a year later in 2010. On December as well against Victor Ortiz, and I don't know if you remember that fight. That was a phone booth fight as well, and it ended up becoming a draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then he gets in a year later. He fights Amir Khan, and he gets a split decision over him. 
And that was also a very entertaining fight. I mean, he was taking some major shots from Amir Khan, and he was giving back some heavy body shots and some, you know, I mean, it was a gruesome fight. Too bad. He was also on testosterone. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I said that his biggest win, his biggest win, his most notable win, which would have really stood out in the in the minds of fans. It's been a race because it was tainted because of that very reason. So even himself, I think he was aware of that. He, uh, um, I think he was suspended, if I remember correctly, right, Gabriel? Because he was out of boxing for like two years before making his comeback. And he gets in with Kendall Holt, uh, which was in 2013 in, in February, and he gets a TKO over Kendall Holt. Then immediately after that, in May of 2013, he gets knocked out, a TKO, against Lucas Matisse. You know, and everybody kind of, you know, uh, erased him off. I think a lot of people were even thinking, like, okay, he's done. You know, he got caught. It's kind of over for him, right? And then he, he steadily came back for, like, 2014 where he fought, like, twice. Well, and remember, going back to the Kendall Holt fight, there was uh, an irregular drug test after the, after the fight. And it was mm-hmm. reported that it was Lamont Peterson. And so, like, any shine that he had, you know, trying to come back and, and he gets KO – you know, win, and everybody's like, oh, you know, whatever, with the drug test. But it turned out it was Kendall Holt that had the adversive uh, result. So, uh, yeah, and go on. I mean, th- so he still hasn't got respect back at this point. Then he loses no, he, a knockout, no. and everybody's like, see? Exactly. So then he, he, he kind of like, you know, slowly came back into the scene in 2014, if you remember that. He fought twice. He got the wins. And then he gets the big announcement, hey, you're going to get in the ring in 2015, April, to fight Danny Garcia. Now, he lost the majority decision, but many thought, and he, I think he won his respect because many thought he won that fight against Danny Garcia, right? So then after that fight, when he didn't get the, the decision, well, he went on another layoff. And, and in 2016, we didn't see him. Then he comes back in 2017 against uh, David uh, Avenician, and he gets a win over him on unanimous decision. That's only one time. He fights one time, then he comes back in 2018 in January, and he fights against Errol Spence Jr., and he loses that fight. I mean, you talk about names, and you talk about fights, and you talk about the who's and who's and, 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 and the divisions. I mean, the guy has got in with everybody, and I think he's always fought to win the respect of fight fans, to, win, to, to get his name out there. And, and a lot of times, these guys are the ones that make up the sport, in my opinion, because they are, they are left with the crumbs. They have to take what's available. So they have to test themselves. They really have to go out there and prove they deserve to be in the ring with some of the best fighters in the world. Gabriel? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a weird career, though, all those long layoffs. You're like, why did you fight David Evanesian and then not fight again until, like, the next year? You know, stuff like that was just kind of strange to me. Um, You know, it's – I think he's going to be remembered as a warrior. People are really piling up and and loving it, uh, you know, loving the guy. But that went over Ramir Khan – it doesn't have an asterisk on it on box rec. He still has that split decision win. Uh, he does. He won it in hometown. His hometown commission isn't going to take that title from him. Isn't going to take that win from him. 
because he passed their uh, their four to one TE ratio, they didn't catch him with testosterone. And at that time, uh, you know, it was Vada. It was their very first sample collected, the very first client, and it was Mont Peterson's idea to hire uh, Vada. Uh, and and they uh, caught the fact that he had a testosterone pellet in his hip, which he freely told them after uh, after the fact. He didn't volunteer that up front, or the testing probably would have never began. He wouldn't have made Wait, it through the paperwork what, phase. Was that the first fight, or was that the rematch? I thought it was the rematch. It was rematch. the first fight. No, it no. was the first fight. Hmm. It, it was yeah. a remember. It was a slow release pellet that was still in his system uh, when they decided to do the rematch. He signed with Golden Boy, I think, after this. Yeah, after this. But they do the rematch, and it's the, it's, uh, we do the interview at the press conference in Los Angeles. We talk about Vada there. Uh, I bring up the fact that the, what they do different is they test for testosterone in every sample. I actually asked him about it. He's like, I don't really know the particulars of what they do. I just know that they're the best, uh, You know that the, they were the ones I wanted to go with. They seemed more independent. Which, you know, if you think about it, for a fighter to be saying that while being involved with Golden Boy at that time, they were, you know, already digging into USADA. This was coming after that. Um, remember, and this was the first time when Richard Schaefer, I asked him, well, what's the difference? I heard that USADA costs $100,000, and he, like, nodded. He didn't say yes to the record. He nodded. I was recording. Uh, <laughs> but then I said, Vada is like, I heard a quarter of that which turned out to be like, it's like 19,000 or something like that providers. Uh, and he said, yeah, that's one of the reasons we did it. So that was all this first fight that their first uh, the first sample collected at that press conference from both guys, Lamont Peterson's came up positive. And there, you know, um, I'd heard it thrown that maybe they got their samples switched or this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, the fact is that he ultimately said, Hey, I've got this pellet that we got put in from Dr. John A. Thompson, the Desert Oasis Clinic in Las Vegas. Um, and I interviewed with that guy and he tried to, it was organic. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't matter. It's still banned. And, and uh, tried to explain, well, it's made from hams. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how exogenous testosterone is made. Uh, it's just, you know, dead silence. So they had it in them. But here's the thing, you know, to bring all that up, it's interesting about Lamont Peterson, that these long layoffs, but that so late in his career, 2015, he decides to move, to welterweight and go above 140. The whole reason they went to that clinic is because he was fatigued. He was like training with like two a days and, and like seven days a week sometimes. Uh, and he was fatigued. And, and I think his endocrine system was messed up or from making the weight of 140 because he was so much cutting down to that weight. Uh, I'm not sure, but there was something, there's something to be learned in, in, in the story of weight, the story of that, why he took the drug why he felt he needed it in the prime of his career. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't believe that he took it like to gain an edge. I think he, there was something legitimately wrong with him and they didn't quite figure it out. And this was also during the heyday of uh, when testosterone was being like pushed like this by all the pharmaceutical companies. So uh, that's my, how I look at him. But all of this, you know, uh, I've been thinking about this day out of all the people that did test positive, at least that I covered, he was the guy that was the most forthcoming and his whole team was the most forthcoming. Um, they, you know, we didn't interview him, I think till another year later, like one-on-one, -on -one. but like uh, I talked to his coach, his, his doctor, you know, uh, and his manager all about it. Um, so that was also 
something that we sh- that the other athletes should learn from is like it's better to just come right out and talk about it than than not. But uh, yeah, that's I don't know. That's what I think about when I'm thinking of Mont Peterson. But all heart, all fight, uh, always brings it. I was there ringside for him versus Tim Bradley. Uh, hell of a fight. Uh, his body attack, his inside game was in, and just his willingness to mix it up was, uh, it's just a rare thing to see uh, in person or on TV. Yeah. I mean, he, um, he really, I mean, he fought like a guy that, that you would think that would have power and he really didn't. I mean, he had, he had power enough to make you respect him, but it wasn't that crunching power that made people go backwards, you know, and, Lipinitz stood there toe to toe, and this was his game. This is, I mean, that's it. that was his ballpark. You know, uh, if you really think about Peterson, you, you would have thought that Peterson would have backed off and tried to box. He was a taller, lankier guy at five nine. Uh, he's tried at times, but he was stuck in the mud, dude. He looked. He's always he looked been old. stuck in the mud, though. I mean, you, I remember having <laughs> yeah, him on. Yeah, remember like having that. him on. He's like we Velcro. Had, like, you know, you get near him and then he's like all over you. It. He's just, yeah. You know, but like he's got his guard, but like he's leaning on you. He's hitting you with his elbows. Like he's just, this was a toe the line fight, you know, who's going to come off the block. And I thought after the first three rounds, it was going to be Lippinitz, but the middle of the fight was kind of Peterson, didn't you think? And then it, and I then did. it turned. It, it, well, it turned because like I said, that's, Lippinitz ballpark, you know, those what he wants. He wants those heavy hits. He wants to make the home runs. You know, I think the problem with Peterson, and we talked to him and Barry uh, years ago, and I remember telling Barry, like, um, now that Lamont's kind of changed his style, is it hard for him to switch back? And he said, yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's, it's frustrating because you want him to box. You know he can box, but he's really, he's kind of fallen to this, this, this mode of he wants to be, in the pocket, he wants to trade body shots. He wants to trade uppercuts, and it, it ended up leading him to be retired. He retired him quick. Well, he didn't retire him quick because, you know, I mean, he was getting excuse me, he was getting up there in age. Um, but you know what? If any, if anything, if, if you want to go out in your career, I think, I think he went out like every other warrior. He fought his ass off, but you know what? He just just couldn't keep it in there anymore. His chin's been pretty solid, um, but Lipinitz was it was his night. And 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 two hundred and ninety three rounds, dude. Yeah, that's a lot. One hundred and twenty one for Lipinitz. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. You know, Lipinitz can be, do that for a few more fights, standing in there yeah. like that. But I yeah. think you know he's not. Uh, what do you think about him versus the rest of the welterweight field? I don't know yet. I have to even. I haven't even really looked at the landscape of the uh, the whole welterweight division of what they would want to do next and where they would want to go. Um, I can tell you this: I don't want to see Errol Spence in him. Not right now. No. <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I think I think if anything, uh, Joe. Well, it's really out of his hands because it's all management, you know. But I think they would want to go a different route. Still continue to. I mean, that's a good run in the beginning to test the waters to go against Lamont Peterson. I think the broadcast had even brought it up that he's a you know he's a gatekeeper. If you can get past him, you're probably going to do much better. Because um, you know uh, Lamont's not one to give you the key right away. He he fought to hold on to that key, you know. And uh, I applaud his career, man. Regardless of what what has happened, 
from uh, from you know with the Miracon and etc. I look at the rest of his career and I look at hey the guy really had to take whatever was out there because he wanted the respect of the fans because it had been tarnished for what what you know what happened later in you know, earlier in his career. So um, hats off to you, Lamont. You know, well deserved. Rest up. Enjoy the rest of your next chapter of life. And uh, hopefully we get to speak to him soon or, or see him back. Maybe he can come back, do some commentating. I don't know. Do something in boxing, you know. Maybe start up a gym. How about Barry train some of these kids that are walking through the gym? You know, we, we still need fighters to step out there and get in that ring to continue the sport. So, I don't, hey, did, so let me ask you this. Did you, uh, did you get a chance to see Bob Aris tweet? I did. <laughs> I How real do you think you know, that was? How real do you think that was, man? Uh, Let me read it really quick before uh, you even put your input in that. You know what I mean? So just in case somebody's tuning in, they're like, I didn't see the tweet. What happened? What, what's going on with the tweet? You know? Um, let me see. Let me bring it up really quick here. Here, I'll leave in the ring. Man. I, I just think, you know, well, somebody's you know, got control okay. of, uh, of Bob's Twitter account. <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> Errol Spence Jr. said that he's ready to fight Terrence Crawford. We are ready to do the next. Once Bud is successfully against Mir Khan on April 20th, it's what fight fans want. Al, should I call you or you will call me? Premier Boxing. That's his tweet. That's Al's tweet out there to the Treat Universe. I don't know. Bob's How tweet. real is it? Bob's tweet. Bob's tweet. Hey, listen. Look, here's the thing. It's just, you know, I think what they're doing is, is calling Spence out because Spence, um, you know, Spence came out. He's an article on Boxing Scene interview. Uh, uh, article by Keith Eidick saying, you know, pa- Pacquiao flight w- was made, Crawford fight happened. But he says, you know, Spence said, uh, it's just going to take everybody to cooperate. Um, mm-hmm. He said this after after he beat Garcia. I mean, we got Porter, he wants to fight, and then we got Thurman, who has a belt, and then, you know, the most difficult fight to be made is the Terrence Crawford fight. So, you know, I don't know how that's going to get made. I mean, for Bob to talk you know, Milan and Al, and they an agreement. But, you know, the Manny Pacquiao-Floyd fight was made, so, you know, I think it'll happen. And off of that, Bob Arum's Twitter account, not necessarily Bob Arum, is like, should we call you or, or you know, are you going to call us? I think it's just it's just that. It's just kind of talking back in the, you know, in, in the Twitter he sphere. Did the same thing, it, it's going to drive some clicks, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are boxing writers at this very moment uh, rushing to finish their article about Bob Aram's tweet, uh, but or their videos, uh, you know, with special effects and everything, green screen, the whole works. Uh, but you know that fight's not going to happen until alterweight. That, that's all. That whole ball, all the ball is are in uh, uh, Al Heyman's court. He's got his court, net, right? own network. He's got you know uh, Fox, the FS1, the the Showtime. He can go pay per view if he wants to. Uh, and he's got Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Manny Pacquiao, and Errol Spence Jr. Doesn't need Terrence Crawford. And, and all the tweets in the world and all the trans and whatever ratings board, uh, all, all, that, all that stuff, the, the, the fantasy boxing stuff, none of that matters. Hmm. It doesn't matter. Pound for pound, no. none of that. It just doesn't matter. Uh, the fight won't happen until it's, it's the biggest fight to be made. And, and honestly, is Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford – how well do you think it, it, it'll do? You know, uh, 
this year versus say a year from now when that business is settled. I think, you know, it's going to be Thurman and Pacquiao and Porter and Spence. And then the winner of that, you know, the winner of those two fight each other. And then the winner of that, you know, maybe Floyd comes back, probably not. Or, you know, uh, or there's a rematch depending on how those fights go. Um, There's, you know, Danny Garcia is, is, you know, maybe gets in the mix with the winner of that. If that's a fresh matchup. There's just so many more possibilities in the PBC universe. They don't I need agree. Crawford. The only they reason, don't. the only thing I would do if I was Al Heyman to make, if I had Spence, I would go fight Terrence Crawford because I think Spence has a very good chance of beating him uh, and or knocking him out. And then you kind of hurt top rank and ESPN. So if you're, if you're ruthless like that, you make the fight. But I don't think he is. I think he's smart. Yeah, I, I, well, I think Al is smart as well, you know, because like you said, if you look at the no, I mean, that's PBC, yeah. yeah, if you look at their map, there's a lot of roads that they can keep going off. There's so many avenues that they can continue to do stuff. You know, with Bob, if you remember this, it took five years for Mayweather and Pacquiao to happen, you know, and, 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 oh, I and, remember. and but, <laughs> yeah, you remember, right? And Bob, to me, he normally doesn't start looking outside of his backyard until he's kind of exhausted all of his resources. And if he does work with anybody, uh, if he does bring anybody into his, his world, it's really the smaller promoters that are looking for a TV package where he has complete control. You know, I mean, 2015, Bob Aaron filed a $100 million federal uh, antitrust uh, lawsuit against Al Heyman, and then they settled it in 2016. So, uh, you know, and the terms were confidential. So I don't know if Al... Al Heyman has really kind of forgot about that. And as well as why would Al need him? You mentioned all the reasons why. He doesn't really need Bob Arum. So I sat there and I was like, how real is this Bob Arum tweet is? You know, I mean, has he ran out of the resources? Is that why he's now kind of tweeting out there? Or is this just like a bait, bait type of thing, bait and click type of deal? Yeah, it's a bait and click. That's perfectly said. That's all it is, dude. Uh, I I just don't think it, it's just not its time. You know, no wine before it's time. Uh, and this fight, it, it just ain't time. We all feel like it is. But how can how can Spence be an overrated welterweight if he couldn't put away Mikey Garcia or an unproven welterweight heading into the Mikey Garcia fight? But then also Spence Crawford is the fight to make. I want him to run the gauntlet of his own house before venturing out. I think it makes sense for the fight. And I'd like to see Terrence Crawford do more. How about that? Do that, more, you said? A, yeah. I'd like to see him do more. I've seen him do, you know, stuff at, at, at... Well, who at 147? Because that's something that Bob's really... Amir got. Khan is not... That's not going to tell me anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thing. You know, Amir's a nice guy. I, I run the risk I like of, of him thinking right. I'm a jerk for, for saying so. But, you know, come on. You know, am I really supposed to think that, that he's going to beat Terrence Crawford off of wins over Phil Logreco? And, you know, Sammy Vargas, I mean, uh, went the distance. He didn't blow him out. Uh, I mean, I guess maybe there's no shame in that. But, you know, I'm not saying there's shame in, in, in fighting Sammy Vargas. I don't know. He just went the distance with uh, Louis Collazo. So I, maybe that's, that's yeah. high quality enough to beat Terrence Crawford. But probably not. I mean, he's got the tools, but Amir has also shown propensity for getting you know, knocked out. Uh, Amir, so Amir is still showing. That I need he more likes from, right. From, I, I need more say, from Terrence Crawford than that fight. Right. 
And I think I think the proven point for Amir Khan is he's proven that he still ha- doesn't know how to just grab this receipt and leave. He stays there too long to look at the receipt, and that's what gets him in trouble. Yeah, I mean, Jeff Horn, what he did in that fight uh, was very impressive. He took a rough style and didn't allow it to be rough. Um, I guess that's what I'm saying about Amir Khan and Sammy Vargas. It's like, you know, to me, I I wanted that win. To me, it's just more of like a career, you know, potential fulfilled. It wasn't, and the dude's been shot, you know. It's just like, I I don't think a lot of that win. Uh, And now we're doing Amir Khan. Pay-per-view, right? Is it pay-per-view? Yeah. Yeah. It is (laughs) pay-per-view. So, you know, yeah. Um, I, I more and to, to me it's like of course he wants to do a Spence fight next they saw what they just did um, maybe they want access I mean I think that you know they do very well on I mean they would definitely be another pay-per-view so we'll see how Terrence Crawford does against Amir Khan maybe this is also just clickbait you know for to sell that fight you know uh, which is coming up on 420 you know it's not too far off so uh, yeah I don't know I, I just don't think it's uh that fight's not going to happen anytime soon. And if I learn anything from Pacquiao Mayweather, uh, it's just like patience and the, to not bang the same drum over and over and over again, unless it's drug testing. Oh, it is. Uh, it is. It is. It is frustrating. Well, this past week, um, we also got the news about Dante Wilder. He is going to be facing Dominic Brazil, uh, which I think we already knew um, the, the money that he left on the table was a big, big issue among fight fans, among writers, among everybody that, that, you know, watches boxing. And then uh, Tyson Fury, no surprise there. He's going to be getting an undefeated heavyweight prospect, Tom Swartz. Um, Let me ask you, out of the two from Brazil, Swartz, who has got a better record and who do you think has uh, more of a chance to win? I got to agree with everybody out there. I don't think neither one of them do. Um, They're not two very good, good fights, but if if I had to pick one that I was going to watch, um, I'm probably going to go with the undefeated guy. Even though Brazil's got, uh, you know, he's he's got Amir Mansour on his re- resume, who he beat. Uh, he lost to Anthony Joshua, but I just don't know, man. I mean, Wilder is that wild card where, you know, he was out-jabbed uh, by uh, Harold Washington, Gerald Washington, um, I mean, he, he he had a tough time with uh, Tyson Fury, so I get I guess you can give Brazil that slight chance, right? But I just don't see it because Wilder has that eraser. I mean, did you? I don't know about you. Did you take any time and check out either one of these guys and see what you think? Well, I've been suffering through the career of Dominic Brazil for quite some time, but uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been foisted on me. I mean, you know. Uh, I, I, I jibe, I jest. Uh, he's 20 and one, uh, one KO loss, 18 wins by way of knockout though. Uh, you know, no shame in losing KO and seven to, uh, Anthony Joshua back in 2016. He's rattled off, uh, three wins, uh, since that all by stoppage of, uh, you know, uh, he had a technical, well, technical decision loss over an eight over Eric Molina. Um, and in his last fight, you know, KO nine against Carlos Negron. But uh, none of that tells me he's going to beat Deontay Wilder, with the exception of the fact that, that Wilder, like you just pointed out, is that he's, he's kind of got a wild card factor about him in that he's got the eraser, but then it's like you forget how to box sometimes. And, you know, even when you remember, he's not actually, you know, Captain Smith in there. Um, 
what we would call a technician. He is something of a knockout artist, though, because they all are kind of unusual. Each one of the, the times that he starts, and it can come at an at a odd angle that you wouldn't expect. Um, to me, that Brazil versus Wilder, also because of the, the, the personal aspect of it, that they both really just can't stand each other, can't wait to get at each other. Uh, I think it's a can't-miss fight. Uh, I did watch Tom Schwartz. I watched a couple fights, but um, he's going to be there for Fury uh, to kind of do what Fury does, which is kind of jab, jab, faint. Like, well, he'll start with a triple feint, come in with a, you know, a few jabs, move away. Um, he's just like a giant cutie. Um, he's not looking to do anything but win uh, each minute of each three-minute round and, and just do that all fight long. And he has no problem going the distance. Uh, for me, you know, ESPN and Top Rank, it's going to be, you know, the, the, what they bought is a guy that gives fantastic interviews and has a potential for boring fights. Um, so, this is going to be know, a boring I'm, fight against Tom. I think I think I, it's going to be a, a pretty boring fight because I think Schwartz is yeah. going to be durable and he's going to be there, a, a bit of a puzzle to be solved. He's going to be game. Yep. Uh, and so it's going to bring out all the uh, elusiveness well, of uh, one Tyson Fury. Here's the thing about Schwartz is if you look at his ledger of guys that he's faced, they've all been shorter than him. They've all came forward. Um, if you do connect with them and you do get rough with him, he, he can pull that acting card. He, I saw that when he fought uh, Gashi. Um, he got headbutted and he right away, he just like dropped down. He did the Bernard Hopkins role. Um, you know, he doesn't <laughs> like, he, you know, he, he doesn't like it rough. Stop, Let's stop, just and, uh, stop, drop and get my corner man over there to stop this thing. Yeah, you know, he and his, the majority of his fights have been in his home, in his backyard in Germany. So this is a little bit different. And and he's going to be fighting a guy that, if you if you watch Schwartz, he likes to get on his toes. He likes to have this little bouncy rhythm. He, um, but he's going to be fighting a guy that that is his style, Tyson Fury. You know, Tyson likes to use the whole corners of all the ring. He likes to move around. He likes to flick the jab. You know, so. I see it's going to be a Tyson Fury night. It's going to be a Tyson Fury fight, and it's going to be a Tyson Fury bore, in my opinion. The one that Brazil and, and, and Wilder is going to be far much more fun. Why? Even the backstory is a lot of fun. These guys do not like each other. They hate each other, and I think we're going to see that comes fight night. But with Tyson Fury, there's got to be a little bit more um, Tom Schwartz, the only thing mean about him is his plucked eyebrows that I see it so far. He he does give really good stare down. I think uh, it's going to be tough. <laughs> It'll be tough for Ty. A little Drago to him. Uh, but then like the camera pulls back and you're like, eh, he's about an A cup. Uh, he's, uh, you know, yeah. not exactly uh, an Adonis in that regard. It's a little doughy. Uh, and he kind of plods forward. You know, he's got, he's gotten better. I watched actually a progression of fights, uh, and and it, it seemed to me that that uh, like I found some little highlights and stuff. Uh, he's got a little bit better over the years and learned how to fight taller over the years. He's six five and a half, um, but he was kind of crowding himself at, at, at a certain point. So I'm you know I think he can be competitive. We're, we're going to find out what he's like at the top level, uh, but um, you know uh, I think it is going to be a more competitive, boring fight than expected. I think that because of the letdown that Tyson Fury is not going to face Wilder or any other top five heavyweight, 
that everybody's crapping on this fight because they don't know much about the undefeated prospect guy that's beaten other undefeated prospect heavyweights that nobody knows about. Um, But I I think that we're going to see something from Tom Schwartz where we're like, oh, wow, this is a, 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 you know, this is not going to be a blowout as much as I think the Wilder Brazil fight can end up, uh, you know, because all it takes is Wilder to land one wild big shot and that's it. It's the end of the story. Um, but I kind of tend to believe that Wilder's going to go out there and make this a really hard, hard win because he, you know, Wilder fights with his heart on his sleeve, man. You know, he, 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 he does, even when he fought Tyson, um, he fought a semi-disciplined fight, but once he lets himself go and he lets those emotions build up, I mean, that's it. It's, he's on fire and that's kind of got him out of hard situations sometimes, you know, he's behind on the scorecards. And then when he says, well, I'm going to let all my emotions just ball up and, you know, I'm going to ball dragging through this. He ends up uh, burning the other guy and getting them out of there, you know? So, um, what, but I go back again, which one's the more interesting fight, Brazil and Wilder, uh, Swartz and, 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 and Fury. Schwartz. Yeah. Schwartz. It's like, uh, you know, may the Schwartz be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty the sure. first thought. <laughs> pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. He actually, doesn't he look like if, and like, you know, kind of oh, gave him the fighter's God. nose. Like, <laughs> I'm just looking at his box rack picture. It's yeah. Eddie Hearn. He, yeah, he does. Let me look at that picture. <laughs> I have to look. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Holy smokes. That might yeah. be Eddie Hearn's uh, little brother. Alter ego? Brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ego. There you go. He's like that right. uh, Three Identical Strangers documentary. He's uh, <laughs> separated and they turned him into a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. He was the, the team of the test lab kids, right? <laughs> that means that, that, you know what? that tells us there's a third one out there, man. But five fans, you want to call in? Certainly can. 347 <laughs> Let's talk boxing here on Leaving the Ring. Let's talk about any topic you guys want to bring up this past weekend or this week coming up fights. You absolutely can. Gabriel, let's open up those phone lines. Uh, 510, you're live on the Leaving in the Ring. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. Sandor here, Richmond. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah. I had a great weekend, man. I was in the South this weekend, uh, South Carolina, hanging out oh, with my family on, on a farm. I was like, you know, uh, pruning uh, trees and, and cutting down brush. And I saw a buzzard in its nest, which was, uh, they nest on the ground. They, they, they put their Did you get to see a grand wizard? I have not. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I might have. I saw one this morning. There was a, a guy with a Trump sticker in front of me. He might have been a grand wizard. I'm not sure. <laughs> How you doing, Fernando? How was your weekend? Yeah. No, good, man. Good. The you know the weather was nice up until today, so everything's good, man. Just, you know, enjoying the weather, man. Or not today though, but the weekend was nice. Um, did you watch all the fights, Fernando, or no? Yeah, I did. Do you know what I wanted to see and they didn't show him was that Tommy Fury. Speaking of uh, the Furies, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping that his fight would be on ESPN Plus, but they didn't show this fight for some reason. I, I was just curious. I mean, I'm not like super excited about him, but I was curious, and they didn't broadcast that fight for some reason. At least I missed it. Did you guys know? Huh. You know what I'm talking about, right? Tommy Fury, right? He was on the card this weekend? Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't catch it. I'm still catching I up, man. I, yeah. uh, like I said, I, I didn't was on farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was, kind of, it was a ton of fights. And the, obviously the best one was the, the Pearson-Nippinitz fight last night. You know, that was the best one. But, you know, that was, that was cool. Like, that heavyweight fight was hella good, too, man. The Dinu versus uh, Pulis. P- man. Pulis, yeah. I actually enjoyed that fight. Yeah. 
It's always fun watching the big boys go at it, man. You know. Oh, well, it was nice watching the big boys not run out of gas, and like be in a crisis situation and respond in a way that was like awesome. You know, that he was just like, all right, I can't fight this whole fight with this kind of cut. I gotta, I gotta get this guy out of here. And Dino kind of sh- shot his shot. You know, he uh, uh, kind of shot his load at him. You know, and try to get him out of there. He, he, he got all excited about the blood, and then it just kind of turned around on him. Uh, it, was, it was a hell of a fight. It was. Yeah, you know, it, it was, was a good fight. Well, nice thing we're about, like you know, like where we're at, we're at nowadays, right? As we were compared to maybe a couple years ago, where, where there wasn't any fights, right? Now we're getting so many fights, we can be a little bit more picky, cheesy about them, you know. But you know, I'm I'm just enjoying them. I'm enjoying the world we're living in now, man. ESP, ESPN Plus, the Zone, and PBC. I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, I am kind of. I always think it's kind of weird with the PBC. That everybody else is kind of like like uh, trying to go get it, right? Like you see, like Eddie Hearn making offers, trying to get guys to fight his guys. Uh, same thing with Top Rank. I mean, it might be all talk, right? But they've made some legitimate offers, and the PBC they never do that. You never, they never like try to make a fight with anybody outside their bubble ever. It's just they don't need to though. They don't really need to though. I mean, they they kind of concentrated what they have. You know what? What they the divisions that they have. If you kind of notice that, you know, I mean, their welterweight division is stacked with names. So I don't really see them trying to. I mean, the only time I saw really kind of trying to uh, uh, work with other guys is when you know Tom Lawford and K two had uh, Kalishko's and they they had to make the Chris the Nightmare Oriella fight. But they don't have. I don't. I don't. I can't think of a PBC heavyweight right now. There's one coming up that 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 is up on coming up in the rankings, right? Gable, the one that you're uh, stoked up about is he, he's with the PBC, right? Uh, Joe Joyce, and actually, the, it was just ordered. I think Joe Joyce versus Daniel Dubois, uh, who's a, actually the, the Joe Joyce is not the guy that I'm I'm big on. Daniel Dubois is the guy I'm big on. But people Danny, really do yeah. like. Uh, 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 people do really like that fight. I mean, really do like that fighter. Um, it's, I think that's a really exciting fight. Uh, I'm trying to see what the, what the date is for that fight. Um, I, I mean, kind of hit it. What's that? Go ahead. Sorry. I was about to say, I feel like George Joyce kind of already hit his, uh, his ceiling already, man. He kind of reminds me of that, uh, that guy from New Zealand, the one the championship a couple years ago. I can't think of his name offhand, but just kind of similar fighters. Yeah, they're slow. They're not really aggressive, and when they do win, it's usually by one or two points, but not by a knockout. You know, so I'm not really excited about Joe Joyce at all. I know people kind of try and jump on that bandwagon, but I'm going back to what Dave was talking about. I'm, I'm thinking more in terms of like uh, Deontay Wilder, right? He's like fielding all these offers from the Zone and ESPN, like to get him to fight. Why isn't the PBC being more aggressive on that level? You know what I mean? Because there really is nobody else for Deontay to fight for the kind of money he wants, man. But that's the only good thing about the whole situation is for those guys to make the kind of money they want to make, it's going to have to be against each other, you know? Like, top well, rank can't, can't play four hmm. corners the whole contract. I, I would say, though, it's, it's fair that, that uh, we don't know what's under the iceberg. You know, all we see, you know, the decision is like, the, um, I'm not going to take these fights that are $100. And, you know, they're all kind of flat fee, you know? Um, maybe he thinks he can develop into a bigger brand and he's trusting a brain trust that, that got Floyd, like, you know, like many articles said, uh, $700 million, you know, um, 
Where's the counter offers? That's what I'm wondering. Like, there's no, but, I haven't, you don't hear you about from, like, but that, but you have to, I mean, the, the, yeah. the guy that you're dealing with is Al Heyman who doesn't do interviews. So to me, it's like, you know, everybody's kind of judging off of what he's not taking, uh, but they don't really see the other side of it. And I, I, I really do wonder about the, the Heyman fighters. I've heard a, a few times that it's like what's reported is not actually what the guy gets. Like he usually gets more for some reason. Uh, but it's kind of more off the books, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. We'll see what they do with him. But Al doesn't need anybody outside of his universe. You know, he's, he's been able to sell the PBC yet again, uh, get another TV deal. He's got a uh, European TV deal, you know, going as well. Um, he doesn't really need all these other guys unless it's completely to his advantage to do it. Um, and and that, they're not willing to make those kind of offers, you know, that, that'll really make it worth his while. It's not Al Heyman's fault, man. It seems like his fighters are the ones that don't want to take the fights, right? Like, you never really hear about Al Heyman standing know. in the way of a fight. I think it's his fighters yeah. who don't like – they should have fought so a long time ago. The welterweight, they should have fought so a long time ago in the PDC. You know? Yeah, it's so ridiculous that Errol Spence is 29 and he's having his first, like, kind of superstar fight. You know, I guess the Kell Brook fight would be the first one. But, like, his second one, and it's against a guy moving up, at, you know, from lightweight. Instead of like, why hasn't he just gone through the buzzsaw of, of his stable, you know, or, or been the buzzsaw in his stable? It, it is. It's really maddening. You're just kind of like, what a waste of a of a career. And even Wilder, I, I feel like they should have moved him better and different. Um, it is the uh, the a product of that weird Heyman uh, style or that model where he's the promoter behind the scenes. And, uh, and, and, you know, he controls everything and, and, and at the same time, the fighter doesn't really seem to grow the way he does with like a, a top rank. No, but, I, yeah, that's I always know. been our criticism about PBC is that they, they, they figured out how to get the funds. They figured out how to get the TV deals, but they really haven't figured out how to develop a fighter, you know, but at the same time, you know, he's a smart businessman. You know, he strategically has a plan of how he's going to get certain things moved around to make the most money. Wilder, to me, still got some fights out there. I think he, they could still, if, after the Brazil fight, I think they could still sell uh, an Ortiz rematch. Um, and then and then I think the same thing where how Bob does things is he has most money because they've already, you know, marketed their fighters so much that now people are, are, are pounding at the table asking for certain fights. You know, it's. I think Al is is taking a page from Bob Arum by saying, "Let's not do it. Let's not go this route. Let's wait. Let's wait." Just like what he did with Floyd. Because if you have to blame Bob about the Pacquiao fight, you got to blame Al as well about the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight not happening sooner. Anyways, brother. Hey, Fernando. Thanks for calling in, man. We got a lot of Thank calls, you. so we're gonna Thank patch you. him in, man. Thank, Thank you. you, bro. Hey, Thank man. You. Peace. Uh, let's go seven eight seven. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Yo, what up, Dave? What up, Gabe? Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Yo, listen, man. First of all, Brazil is trash. The heavyweight division (laughs) is in recession. (laughs) 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 Nobody cares about these fights. (laughs) Um, But nah, nah, man. Real real talk. The only fight I'm really looking at. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The only fight I really care about right now, honestly... If Amir Khan's chin wasn't made out of wet cotton, I would be really excited for the Crawford fight. But sadly, his chin gives out at 
the first impact of wind blowing at him. So I'm not really going to put too much attention on it. But I, I did you I, say it was oh, made out of it, buttons? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I said it was made out of wet cotton. <laughs> oh, oh, I was going to say, hit them right on the button. There's a bunch of them. They're just all over the place. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, if, if it was made out of buttons, it might have some durability to it. Some of these buttons are hard out here. But, um, nah, I don't know. <laughs> if if he could take if he could take a few shots, I would. But I just feel like... I feel like he's just he's just gonna get clipped, and and guys like Crawford that hit fast and can hide their shots pretty well. You know, I don't I don't really put to, I'm not gonna put too much bank onto Crawford because you know I haven't really seen him against dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like we we haven't seen him in a, in a dog fight in a, against like like he fought Yorikos Gamboa, who's smaller than him, and Yorikos was kind of like just taking whatever fights he could at the time, and Yorikos was pinging him a few times. So I don't know. I don't know. You know like, I, I don't want to put too much bank on Crawford. Well, the can one I thing argue I for... about Americon? Let me just throw oh, my, go my, my two cents, and, yeah, but they could jump right behind you, behind me on that. The only mind. argument, the only argument I can have about Americon is though, is that even when he's got hurt and dropped, um, the guy does get back up and he tries his hardest. I mean, he's been in some really dog fights, you know. So that might oh, yeah, he's got the heart of a lion. He does, you know. Oh, there's no go question, ahead, dude. And, like. I, I met him, uh, I think his first day at the gym at Wildcard. Um, I've told this a million times over the last 10 years in this show, but uh, those of you just joining us, um, I met him there, and, and like he said exactly that to me. He was like kind of working out, and he was like working the speed bag, and I asked him, um, you know, it was just after his loss to Brady Prescott, his first loss, lost like a minute, and just finds out that he you know has a questionable chin, you know, uh, and and I just asked him, do you want that rematch? And like he stopped immediately and just looked at me and said, I have the heart of a lion. Absolutely, I do. You know, and and he's never even a bad fight. He does have a have a tough style. He's a tall, rangy guy. He moves. He's as fast as any human being I've ever seen. Uh, I saw Pacquiao in his prime, and and I saw Amir Khan when he was at that gym, uh, super fast. He might have been faster than any. Um, yeah, could be I saw a problem. Bar. But yeah, he yeah. But he's got that fatal flaw. He loses focus in his fights. And then, you know, he gets hit with something he doesn't see coming, and it's all, he's all discombobulated. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I've always said this about Amir. Is it a pay-per-view it's, fight? Uh, Amir's hands are a lot faster than his feet. And that's what gets him in oh, yeah, trouble. No, yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's just, it's kind of like he gets he gets trigger happy. Like, I think he knows how fast he is. He knows the type of shots he can land, the type of combos he can kind of get away with. And he's always pushing the bill. Um, it's kind of like you said, he looks at the receipt too long. And I, I think he just jumped in and out too much. I think he's a little too aggressive for the type of chin he has. If he was a little bit more defensive, I think he would get better outcomes. But he wants to be that exciting fighter. He likes to put – he likes to take the fans out of their seats a lot. And people know that when they – watch a Mirkan fight, they're going to get that thriller. You know, they're going to get that chance of a knockout. So You should just watch he, it, it, a million Bernard Hopkins like, fights. Of course. You know, to yeah, like, tuck like, that Amir, chin. Mirkan's talented. Yeah, like he's, like he's so talented. He's so yeah. talented. But, like, and honestly, if it wasn't for his chin, I would be favoring him against Crawford and a, and a lot of fighters, honestly, because Amir Khan is just so fast. He's so fast. 
But his I, I his, his, my, his good board. But his toughness, I mean, because you know he's been stopped times, but it's like he gets caught with that big shot and then doesn't recover. But against Maidana, I saw that fight recently. My gym like always plays fights, and they they played that one. And, and uh, you know he got hurt, but he was really tough all through it. There's no question. I mean, maybe he's too tough for his own good. I think the Canelo fight, you know, that was just like he just reached reached way too high. Um, I could understand yeah. what he was seeing with his style. Uh, I could see what he thought he, he could do. Uh, but it's that fatal flaw. I think the flaw is that he loses, loses a focus. You know, like Brady Prescott, it was like the fight was just getting going, and all of a sudden it's hurt. I mean, he was taking some really good shots in the Canelo fight. He took a lot of left hooks that I didn't think he was going to take well at all, and he kind yeah. of just shrugged them off. But once that right hand came behind his jab, it was kind of like it was over. Like, he just didn't see it. And it, he was honestly, I, if I remember correctly, he was, like, dominating that fight for the most part. It looked like he was kind of just shutting Canelo out, and then that shot landed. So it, it, I'm, the Prescott fight was tough. The Crawford fight, I'm definitely going to watch it. It was, a cub. It, was like watching a, it was like watching a cub, though, fighting a lion. You know, I mean, he, I mean, yeah. Amir's got the heart, but he was in the wrong division because he was Ooh. scratching, but it only took a claw to knock him out from Canelo, you know. So, I mean, you know, yeah. like I said, Amir always kind of like a ace to the face. I mean, that was... Uh, it was, dude. Uh, yeah. It uh, was like swinging a rock. My goodness, that was a shot. I mean, but we saw, yeah. we saw Janady take that, that exact same shot, like, multiple times in their fight. Like, Janady was just eating that shot, and Khan got hit once and was almost in a coma. Like, that was a scary knockout that year. That was definitely probably the scariest knockout that year. No question. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm, I'm really interested in the Crawford fight, though. I'm really inter- interested in it. I'm going to watch oh. it. As for Brazil versus Wilder, I, <laughs> to be, I'm going to keep it 100. I think Brazil's going to shit himself the moment the, the moment the bell rings. I think Wilder's just going to blitz him, and Brazil's not going to meet meet Wilder's head-to-head. I think he's just going to shell up, and I think he's he just going to get blasted. He doesn't, he doesn't have the yeah. footwork to get away from Wilder. You know, Wilder can be Wilder on that night. You know, where, where like Tyson Fury and Ortiz, they had the pivot. They had the footwork to get away and, and you know, sometimes give themselves that exactly. distance to get that rest. Where I don't see Brazil being able to do any of that, you know. It's going to be it's gonna be a dogfight, though. I think that they're both going to just let their – yeah, I think they're both just going to let their hands go, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be uh, uh, Wilder um, landing a big shot, and, and then it'll be all over. But I think for, for the first round or two, I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's uh, it's like the best and worst fight for Deontay Wilder, because like, <laughs> yeah. because of that personal aspect, like he, he's getting to avoid like after dealing with Tyson Fury and how up that fight was and almost getting the rematch, there's a possibility for like a a, a little bit of a down, uh, emotionally and in in camp, but because it's Dominic Brazil. Um, I, I think, you know, he's going to bring a, a fire to it, but that could work against him in a fight if he decides to make it a shootout and throw everything out the window and explain to us afterwards, oh, I just wanted to, you know, get it even and, and make it a street fight, which is, you know, probably not the best idea because I think Brazil is going to come with a, with, with a stick. You know? And that's the window uh, that they have to look for, uh, Gabriel. In my opinion, Brazil and his team have to look for that window because Wilder yeah. has thrown his whole load and gas out, where he's then very vulnerable, that's when Brazil needs to climb through the window like Debo 
and take, you know, take the jewel. That's the only window they have, the only opportunity to get a win over Wilder. But, you know, again. I think it's catching him coming in, you know. Easier said than done. But I think it's catching him coming in. And I think, you know, it's going to be a battle of jabs. Deontay forgets about his and can be dominated. Uh, But he can also be dangerous with his jab. So, uh, you know, but still, uh, like you said, he is, I don't know if he's trash. uh, But uh, well, no, no, I was just, I was just joking, but he, I don't think he's definitely, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think he's definitely gonna, I just have a feeling his, his system's gonna shut down when the first bell rings. I just think he's gonna get hmm. overwhelmed. That first hit, but, um, that first like, hit, can, can, he could pull a Mikey Garcia, get hit, and go like, oh, shit, what did I get myself into, you know? That, that's a strong yeah, possibility, like, and I think that might happen, you know, Brazil's gonna go like, oh, yeah, Wilder has a, Wilder has that kind of power that, like, I think they used to say it about Marciano, where you could read about it, how he would hit people on the arm, and that and even that would make them think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Ernie like Shavers was think, you could feel thing. their yep. power through their, through, their, through their block, like through your guard, yeah. Like, so I think that's going to affect him mentally. But who do you guys think is going to put on a better performance against their opponent, Miller? Or Miller against Joshua, or Brazil against uh, Wilder. Oh God, you're putting me against the wall in that one. There. Um, who's gonna what? Who's gonna be more exciting or have more? Who's gonna b- put a better performance? Oh, I don't know. I I think uh, actually, uh, you know, I think Brazil will. I think Brazil will. Mm-hmm. I think Joshua is gonna dominate with the, with that jab and the straighter punches. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, welcome welcome him to big time boxing. He's now got experience and. He's now that guy that it looks like it's simple and you can get to him. And that time Dillian White cracked him shows his chin may not be all that. Uh, but I think Anthony Joshua is a real deal. I said when back when the next round was still like uh, on a Brian Hardy's couch uh, on videotape on YouTube, uh, I was saying buy stock and Anthony Joshua because he's the man. And I stand by that. He's going to be, yeah, I tell you what, yeah, Miller's going to get his wish about, about uh, hamburgers because uh, Joshua Anthony's going to be throwing a lot of ham jabs for him to eat <laughs> on that night, man. And the hook, but, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I think he's going to put on a clinic. He's got good footwork. Uh, he can be hit. He can be hurt. It's the heavyweight division, but I just think he's now at that place where he's got experience and he's, he's done some things and seen some things and, and knows who he is. And Miller, you know, uh, has he won a fight he wasn't supposed to yet? And now you're going to fight the champ? Like that's, that's I, I don't know. We, we like, we like skip the Andrew Galata, you know, uh, uh, what's his, what's his name? Michael Grant, at least he, you know, got knocked down by Andrew Galata and then got through it and, and then stopped the guy. He found out something about himself and then he went for the title way too soon against Lennox Lewis. But we're like ba- past all that. I mean, how could Adrian Broner, like he never really, you know, he's like a four division champion, you know, and, and not really tested. Uh, it's all, it's just kind Jeez. of strange to me. But now Wilder, you know, just by being around and defending, he's got that experience now that Brazil doesn't quite have, uh, getting stopped in seven against Joshua. Uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see what that experience did for, for Brazil coming into this fight. Uh, does, he, does he carry it with him in a positive or a negative way? Uh, well, I just, we'll I, I'm intrigued by that fight. I, that, I can't wait to see that fight. Well, We'll find out pretty soon. Hey, Rob, thanks for calling in, bro. We're going to uh, pass him another caller, man. Thanks again. Good yeah, stuff, man. No problem. Peace. 
God, you talk, you talk about going way back. I think when, when Michael Grant stepped in to fight Lennox Lewis, I thought it was over when he said, God bless, before they touched gloves. I was like, God bless? Why in the hell would you tell this guy you're about to fight? God bless, you know? You're supposed to be in killer mode, my friend. Killer mode. Not, not, not you know, let's shake hands and have a beer after. But anyways, let's pass gotta be in, uh, You got any excuses tonight, Roy? That mode. Exactly. You know? That kind of mode. Ah. That's the kind of mode I like to see my fighters get in. Not a uh, God bless you. And then Lennox is like, yeah, God's going to be with you after this. Trust me. And certainly was. Uh, my fans, you want to call in 347-215-7598. Let's talk boxing here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, who's our next caller here, Gabriel? I want to go to L.A., man. 818, you're live on Leaving in the Ring. 818? I think we've just been God blessed right now. (laughs) Hashtag blessed. Hashtag listening on the freeway, and I guess maybe doesn't want to weigh in. 707, you're live on Leaving in the Ring. 707? Are we being God blessed all night tonight, or what? We are, we are. 707. Go and go and go. 860, you're live on Leave It in the Rain. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's CT. CT! Long time ago. What's going on, my man? I knew it. I knew that 860. (laughs) Yeah, long time. Thanks for putting me on. Um, My pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, I'd like to talk about uh, the Lamont Peterson and uh, Livinette's fight. Um, I just, I think Lamont had a long career. I just think he didn't have the legs that he once had. You know what I mean? Um, I think he stayed in the pocket a little bit too long, and I think he paid the price. But he had a really good career. Um, sad story about his upbringing, but very underrated, I think. Uh, I think he's just been in a lot of wars, and I think it kind of caught up to him in this fight. He, and Living has kept throwing that hard right hand when he finally caught up with Lamont. And uh, I like how Joe Goosen said, you know, during the fight, you know, uh, Libanette was going to the body, and you could, you could tell Lamont was trying to trade shots with him down there. But I just think Lamont didn't have his legs that night. But all credit to Libanette and a good win. You know, you know, man, when you bring up CT that his legs were gone, it's it's sad because Lamont's career in the beginning was the use of his legs and how he boxed, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned early in the show, he was a slick, he was a slick fighter be- before he became a grind and pound type of fighter, you know. And um, you could easily see that he was stuck in the mud, you know. Sometimes when you fight yep. that way, you know, it's almost like it became a part of him where he didn't even know how to switch it anymore because he was a so he's been so long into like trying to make everybody recognize that he's a warrior to get that respect that I feel that he thinks he lost and he wanted it back so bad. I, I still give him kudos, man. Like you said, I think he's a very unappreciated warrior fighter. I think years come that a lot of us are going to be talking about him, like the way we talk about Emmanuel Augustus, uh, Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward. It's just sad that we never got a chance to see uh, Lamont Peterson kind of get that kind of stand standout fight that we could talk about that, that, that really got him that limelight that he was you know, aching and wanting, he just, he didn't get that. He didn't get that defining moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and uh, I think what also might have kind of hurt him is after the con fight when he got, he tested positive. I kind of think that, uh, yeah. not, not ruined his career, but, you know, people just had, it. you know, were like, oh, what happened? You know, he had a good win and then all of a sudden gets ruined by that. 
even with all the explanations that he gave, you know, or just explanation, you know, uh, he was pretty forthcoming about it all. Um, yeah, it didn't really do much to to make fans like believe it, you know, that he did, wasn't doing it to get some sort of edge. Um, it's uh, kind of tough, was, though. Was it's, my it's sense. I mean, tough some to erase did. something like that. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's tough to erase that. I mean, look at a uh, look at Canelo at the moment. You, you still see the jabs that come from fans, you know? Uh, um, oh, is he coming in with the pain and me? I think it's even worse now because people are, you know, it's like the fake news thing. You know, people just choose not to believe stuff uh, regardless of what's in, in front of their face. And, you know, in boxing too, it's just so tribal that, you know, people don't have to believe it. You know, they'd rather just be angry. CT, it's been a while since we've talked, like, like since like the next round, I think. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. You know, I'll be honest with you. I think I lost the number by accident. You know what I mean? But good thing I, I went on Instagram and I found it again, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, we, you know, uh, it's been a year since the last, the next round. We kind of just dropped unexpectedly. We, I just said, you know, I resigned on Twitter and that was about it. And hopefully the people, uh, it filtered out, you know, that, that we weren't doing the show anymore. But uh, boxing was completely different the last time we talked. HBO was still in boxing. Uh, mm-hmm. They're gone now. Uh, there's all these streaming services. I'm curious, uh, are you, you know, I just watched my first fight in the movie theater, uh, the pay-per-view, uh, you know, that just happened. Um, like there's a whole new way to watch boxing. I'm curious, like yeah. how many of those ways are you partaking in? Are you a DAZN guy? Are you, a, uh, are you buying the plus? Are you, are you doing all that? <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of just taking it all in, Gabe. I'm not really sure where to go. I feel kind of confused. I'm, I'm hearing all these stories and stuff about <laughs> the zone and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm like you guys. I'm kind of old school, so I, I stick to like mainly just watching, you know, the premium channels and the pay per view. But, you know, if this is the new wave of boxing, I might as well just try to see what it's all about. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot to watch. You know the. Yeah. <laughs> because it's kind of like we're in the boxing wars right now. We're in the streaming wars right now. Uh, yeah. And so they're throwing a lot of content at us. Not all of it's great, but a lot of it is developmental. And I think for, for hardcore fans, that's what they love is to, is to watch a guy through their whole career. Like I, I feel like I watched Lamont Peterson through his whole career. Uh, and to see it end, it's like, uh, it's kind of trippy. And then to see like, like a youngster like Ryan Garcia, you know, fighting again this weekend, uh, kind of see that, that cycle of fighter lives go. Uh, it's kind of a trip. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I've got all of them. Um, I've got the, uh, the plus and the, and the zone and, uh, showtime off my, off the Amazon prime. Uh, we're pretty wired in, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to see if I could check that out. Um, speaking of HBO, I know you guys talked about the Joyce and Dubois fight. That kind of reminds me of one of those, uh, remember those HBO series of the Night of the Young Heavyweights when they had an up-and-coming prospect versus another prospect? I like that fight. Yeah, I think it's a great fight. It was the, the, the BBOC uh, ordered that fight for the vacant uh, British heavyweight title, right? Um, I'd like to see that fight. I, I don't know if they'll actually do it, uh, you know, uh, but it kind of makes sense, right? I, mm-hmm. And I guess Joyce is the uh, WBA gold champion. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he'll be fighting for that belt as well. Uh, very excited. What are you looking forward to most uh, 2019 fight-wise? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, um, if they can make – I'm pretty sure they're going to lean more towards Porter versus Spence. I think that's an interesting fight uh, to watch. 
um, just to see how Spence does with like a bulldog like like Porter. He has a great chin, great work rate. Um, I think he he negates distance very well and gets on the inside. We'll just see how much you know how much he has after feeling a punch from uh, Spence's body shots or. Well, who, who knows? What Spence also showed what he could do with Garcia as well as like box. Uh, I actually talked to, uh, not talked to him, but you know, left him a message on Instagram where he was going live, Spence, and I was saying that's my first time ever seeing a box like that, and he's like, hey, it's nothing new. You know what I mean? I, I just never seen that type of style from him yet. But that's good that he showed us fans that he does have uh, other wrinkles to his arsenal that he can box as well. Um, but I will say this: I, I think. With him boxing like that, it will be a little bit different versus Porter because Porter has a little bit more athleticism than, than Garcia. So, And he's a little bit bigger. I mean, it, it differs, but we'll, we'll see. I, I like that fight a lot. Or if they can make a um, – later on in the year, I saw what Bob Arum just tweeted out recently, if they could make a Crawford versus Spence, if Spence is successful against Porter and, and Crawford, which I expect them to be successful against Khan. You know, the thing about with Spence Jr. and Porter, which I think also is a very interesting fight, and I think exactly, CT, um, you pointed out the aggression and, and how Porter's like a little miniature bulldog. He just gets in there, and once he gets a hold of you, he doesn't let go. The only thing, though, I keep falling back in remembering is how dominant Cal Brook looked against Porter with the jab. So if Spence Jr. Mm-hmm. comes back out, the way he did against Mikey Garcia. Now, granted, Mikey Garcia was a smaller man um, and couldn't get in the inside. Um, and that was really due because of the jab of Spence. If Spence could bring that jab back into a fight with Sean Porter, it's going to be a very difficult night for Sean Porter, you know, because Sean does have short legs and short arms. And, uh, you know, he needs to get in there. He needs to work in there. And I'm not sure, you know, because of the wear and tear of, of a man's body that has to rely on muscling his way in, it catches up. And Spence is the far fresher, more talented fighter in the ring. So it could swing both ways. It could either be the test for Spence that we're looking for, or it could be that fights are finally catching up to Sean Porter. And with his last outing, I could be wrong, but I kind of got a little sense that something was catching up with Porter. Maybe that's why we didn't see the best of him um, on the last outing that we saw with Sean Porter. Yeah, that's a great Mm. point, Dave. Great point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I would pick, I'd pick Spence against anybody at welterweight, though, uh, including Terrence Crawford. I just think he's the goods, you know, and I think you, you will see him at 54 at some point, um, maybe higher. I mean, he's 29, but uh, I, I don't think that's impossible. He's a, he's a uh, fairly, he's got the, the frame for it, I think, uh, at least for 54. Um, but, you know, I guess Thurman would probably be his toughest match, in my opinion. Uh, and and but Crawford, I want to see more of him at welterweight, depending on what he does with Amir Khan. But like, if he stops Amir Khan fast, I mean, you know, Danny Garcia did that, Brady Prescott did that, you know, uh, Kilo did that. Like, what does that that really tell me? Why am I supposed to like unquestionably say that he's the best? At, if he, at, if he, let me ask you guys this: If he doesn't stop him fast. How many of you guys think the criticism is going to just come barreling in against Crawford? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. got a lot of criticism. Yeah, I, I, I kind of believe that he's going to get a lot. Or, or if they go the distance. 
there's going to be a lot to be said. I think there's going to be a lot of, of questioning around Crawford and how good he is at 147 if he can't well, get. Go if ahead. they go the distance with with Khan fighting his best fight, that's something. You know, then then he gets, I think, much needed experience at the top level. I think he needs more of that. You know. Um, yeah, I agree. So. I think it's a good fight for, for for him. It's you know if you're building something, particularly you know with the ESPN deal, like you just this is what he, your best guys at in the classic division uh, of, at welterweight. Uh, you're not going to risk him just yet, not until you have to, especially with you know the PBC looming there, uh, and with all those guys that that you know you'd like to have a piece of, and you just lost Manny Pacquiao, uh, you, you know to them. Um, it's going to be slim pickings after that. I mean, you look at the everybody else in the WBO, you know, uh, Jesse Vargas is, is busy with the fight, but uh, uh, Louis Veron, Kerman Laharaga, Giovanni Santillan, uh, Custio Kelton. I mean, like, there's just like Rashidi Ellis is like, at number 10 is like the first dude that people are like, all right, I want to see that fight. And then Louis Collazo at 12. You know, it's not like super exciting what, what Terrence Crawford has to offer us on, on top rank after this fight. It's going to be real interesting. Well, let's think about this really quick, okay? Think about this. He was knocked out by Danny Garcia in 2014. He doesn't get knocked out until he steps in the ring with Saul Canelo Alvarez in May of 2016. So there's, there's a time gap there. And now it's three years down the line and 2018, he fought Greco and Vargas, you know, so there's some time off there. That's why I'm wondering, I, I, I think that th- this is a far better fight. I just don't like it that it's on pay-per-view. I think there's a far better fight, and I think that this is a big test for Crawford because Amir still may have a little bit left in him to, to give him all. I'm not just quite sure if he could pull the upset, and I'm not really quite sure if Crawford – Ah oh, man, it's you know what I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm just sitting there going, how much of a for sure thing that Crawford can knock out Amir Khan? Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Like I said, that, I want to know more about him at welterweight. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. I like the the last call of what he brought up too with the Gamboa situation. I know it was a little while ago, but the hand speed that Gamboa was showing Crawford was giving him a little problems. And I think Crawford is really good at setting traps, so I think that's the way he's gonna try to get to Khan, and I think the Khan, when Khan's been hurt, I think it's been a lot in exchanges where, like you guys said, he kind of flares his arms out, and it's like almost like the same punch pattern where he throws a 1-2-1-2, one, two, one, two, and then he's not quick enough to get out. You know how Roy Jones, not to compare him to Roy Jones, but Roy Jones is very unorthodox with his delivery where he'll throw hooks and in an uppercut. I don't think Khan throws the same type of delivery so people are able to read his, his punch pattern like Garcia and others. So I think um, Crawford's going to try to probably time him coming in while Khan is getting over uh, over anxious with trying to throw a combination. But we'll see. I'll be curious to see how much he if he does you know do the the southpaw stance as much. I think he's is a better fighter as a southpaw, but um, yeah. against Khan, who's got a nice right hand, uh, I'd be curious to see if he just goes right to that to try to take it away. I, I wouldn't doubt that he would because Khan hasn't really fought a lefty. Who's the last last lefty he's fought? That's a good question. Was it Alexander? Uh, I Louis it was. No, it was Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Yep. And, yep. And, yeah. And the thing about Khan, I think once he gets into a rhythm and, and he stays in, inside that comfortable rhythm, like we've seen against Alexander and, and Collazo and others, he's very hard to deal with. So you guys are right. We've got to see how Crawford does against how he, how he does against uh, Khan once he gets into like yeah, a little he, rhythm. Did two southpaws back to back in Collazo and, and Devin Alexander and beat them both by unanimous decision. So, uh, and, you know, he sparred with the, one of the greatest southpaws of all time, Manny Pacquiao, Pacquiao. quite a mm-hmm. few times. So, it's, you know, that's also going to be intriguing. If that doesn't work, it's not as effective for the first time. Uh, it's suddenly, you know, Crawford has to fight as a righty. You know, I, I don't know if he's the most imposing welterweight in the world. You know, Amir Khan's listed at five eight half. He seems taller than that to me. Uh, Crawford's listed as, as five eight. Um, 74-inch reach. It's, you know, it is kind of an intriguing fight the more I think about it. I've kind of like, kind of dismissed it. I still don't think it should be a pay-per-view fight, but <laughs> these guys make, yeah. make you know, th- that kind of money. Uh, Amir Khan's not doing anything for cheap, and he's a recognizable name. He knows, who, he, he knows what he brings to the table is his name. Uh, and the fact that he's in exciting fights. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Well, CT, thanks for calling in, brother. We're going to patch in some more calls here on Leaving the Ring. Appreciate the call. Mm-hmm. My fans, you want to call in, certainly can. 347-215-7598. Let's talk boxing here on Leaving the Ring. We just finished talking to Mir Khan and Terrence Crawford. Uh, tell us what you guys think. Sorry about that, CT. I catch you off a little quick. Uh, 707, you're live on Leaving in the Ring. Hey, hey, what's up, Gabe? This is Carl. Carl, how you doing, man? Man, I, I'm all right, man. It's been a couple years, man, since I talked to you. Yeah, like a, about a year now. It's a, yeah, I would say. Yeah, probably about a year and a half. Uh, probably years, but a year and a half. Yeah, I just, uh, man, I, I've been listening, man. Are they even promoting that fight? That uh, Crawford and Khan? I haven't seen anything on that. Um, you know, I don't watch a lot of ESPN, so I'm I'm probably not the guy to ask. I don't watch a lot of TV, I so I don't you know, know I, about commercials. You know, think, but yeah, uh, to think about it, they haven't really promoted it. You know, they they really haven't put it on anything. Yeah, because I was watching that uh, that, that heavyweight fight the other day, and they just they just they flashed a, a, a still photo of it, and they didn't really speak on it. And I'm like, when are they gonna promote? Because it's not a pay-per-view fight. It seemed like they would take every opportunity to try and promote it because I ain't buying that shit. I know I ain't. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it should be on ESPN, but, like, you know, it, like I said, it's the, it's the salaries, you know. Um, it's just, you know, in boxing, it just shoots itself in the foot. Like, being a league and all working together in some sort of collective bargaining agreement would solve problems like this, I think. You know, get the fighters a union, yeah. get them some representation, some retirement, some health benefits, and at the same time, kind of regulate the sport, uh, make some money for drug testing and all the all that good stuff. Insurance, um, it just makes no sense. Instead, we get these these pay per views. Uh, well, you that, still got, uh, right, right, right. don't you still always got make the most sense, but a guy's you know name has been built up over different platforms, and so corporate wise, he's uh, of value. You still got about twenty five days though left, you know. So they might go aggressive right when they get right when, right when we get into April. So it's still there's still a, a, a big window there for them oh. to promote this fight. But I, I just like I think you're right. I haven't seen crap about it. 
to tell you the truth, except for Bob yeah. Sweet, to remind everybody that he's fighting Amir Khan. Yeah, because I know, like, with uh, that Spence and Garcia, Fox did their thing with the promotions on that, man. You know, it just, I just don't I, see I that. I like the, uh, where'd you see the fight? Uh, You know what, uh, I saw it at the movie theater, man. I did, too. I did, too. Which, uh, on, uh, where, where'd you see yours at? Well, you know, I live out in the Oakland, man. I, I, I right. was out in Napa, man. I, I saw it out in Napa. You know, they serve uh, alcohol and everything at the uh, movie theater in Napa. Nice. That's the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out there. <laughs> uh, we, I <laughs> yeah, saw it here but... in the city, uh, in San Francisco. You could bring beer in there, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like the most extensive bar. I was kind of like hoping for some whiskey or something, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah. uh, but still, you know, I, I kind of like the experience. Um, for this one, you get it. I don't. I don't even know if it's going to be. You know. You know. For Gabriel, for for a guy that doesn't drink, you sure go for the liver killer, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. If I'm going to drink, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to drink. You, know? you are going. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, if, if I'm going to like a like a, a dance club, I, I will do maybe like a glass of champagne or something like that. So kind of light, uh, kind yeah. of get you up, or like you know uh, a vodka Red Bull, you know, something kind of wake you up. But with the fights, I, I kind of yeah, I kind of like the the brown liquid, you know. Yeah. Not no too doubt. many of them though, because then I want to fight. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, man, uh, it, it was cool talking to you again, man. Um, I didn't know you guys were back up, man. I, I, I'll stay tuned. I just, man, you know what? To be honest, man, uh, I accidentally hit the number, man, just a minute ago, man, just to see what was going on. You know? <laughs> well, all right. I'm glad I, you did. I, I, I didn't even know you guys were down, man. Yeah, we. Yeah, the the well, the leaving of the ring was was gone for a while, and the the next round went for a while, and we had these two other shows that we have on the network that uh, we've been doing. The the boxing esquire, uh, who's like a boxing manager lawyer who interviews people, Kurt Emhoff, uh, and then uh, Evan Rakowski does the the marketing show, Fistianados, uh, talking about boxing from the business side. But uh, Dave and I are back. Dave's got a whole new man cave, uh, and we're ready to, okay. to to stream. So. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it's all good, man. I hit you guys up next week or something, man. Yeah, Sounds yeah. Good, we'll man. have to coordinate for the for, for the next uh, pay per view theater experience. Yeah, no doubt, man. Talk to you soon, bro. All right, man. Peace. That was Carl, long time listener and uh, and and many time caller. Two zero nine. You're live on. Hey guys. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? It's Kurt from Stockton. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, 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 because, um, I, I watched the, the heavyweight fights on ESPN. Uh, that was a pretty good fight. Um, yeah, bloody. Yeah, yeah. A uh, uh, came back from a pretty nasty eye cut. And, and I thought he was throwing some good shots at the end. Um, but that, but that punch in the back of the head, well, you know, that was a little bit accidental, but, uh, for the for the most part, that was a pretty entertaining uh, heavyweight fight. Um, you think it was accidental, now, or you don't think it was frustration? Uh, Got away from him a I, little bit. I mean, uh, he was he was you know what he was just teeing off on him, and that guy was still on the ground. <laughs> yeah, That's the best way I can explain it, he was just he just kept teeing off on him, and just guy just didn't stop. 
Um, but 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 that brings me up to my question about the heavyweights. Um, Joshua Fury, uh, Joshua Wilder. I don't see any of those fights happening anytime soon. Uh, so that being said, uh, after this fight, uh, Joshua and uh, Big Baby Miller. What do you see him going next? Or, or I mean, what you know? I'm, I'm sure there's no uh, uh, shortage of people that wants to fight Joshua since he's a money man. Um, do you see them branching out? Do you see them staying within the DAZN, uh family, or what? He's on a fight by fight basis, so you know whatever fight is the, the most, most money. But at the same time, he's got to you know satisfy those mandatory defenses. Uh, Manuel Shar has the. Uh, WBA belt that he shares with Joshua. So at some point, I'm sure the WBA is going to want them to fight each other. Um, but then also Dillian White, you know, is, is the number one contender uh, over there on the WBO. But he's also the number one contender to the WBC. So uh, with, you know, Pulev being with that nasty cut, which looked like it split in like three spots almost. It was just, his eye exploded. Um that fight is going to be off the table for a while. So I imagine that that's in Dillian White's favor. If Joshua goes through the Miller, the way I think he will. Um, so I think they'll go in that direction with Dillian White soon. It's looking, I guess, at all the, the network to try to make a deal and hasn't landed anywhere. Um, okay. That's well, the Fury's route I next fight. Uh, 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 well, Fury's next fight. Uh, uh, isn't the guy he's fighting is like the number one contender? Uh, Tom Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz yeah. was uh, ranked number two in the WBO, um, and then I think he's ranked nine in the IBF. Uh, but okay. yeah, he's not. He's not in a mandatory spot. But um, there was a, a, there's an article on boxing scene. an interview with uh, his uh, with, with uh, Tyson's coach. He basically says, "Look, this is." You know, he's, Ben Davidson said, you can't win, can you? You know, a few names got sent across, had a look. Uh, we don't want to adjust somebody big in size to somebody small to have to back somebody big because the two elite players that we're looking to make fight with fights with are, are six foot six dudes, uh, you know, or plus. Uh, that was a criteria that we wanted somebody big. Uh, we wanted somebody in the top five, and who do you got? Uh, Pulev is a mandatory for Joshua. He's in line for a big payday. Rivas is six foot. Dillian White is in a position we're discussing with ESPN, Fox, Sky, DAZN, which puts him in a position where he doesn't know where he's coming or going. Miller's taken up by Joshua. Brazil's taken up by Wilder. So Tom Schwartz, who's ranked, you know, in the, the, the IBF and WBO, that dude, you know, he's also ranked uh, number 11 on BoxRec, although they claim it's now been changed to number 42. Uh, but, you know, so he's, he's a guy, and he's the right right size at six foot five and a half. Doesn't seem like he's a, a, a knockout artist. Um, I, I think you know he's a good choice. I don't think he's a bad bad opponent for. Uh, looks like a giant. So yeah, there's okay. Uh, and, there's that. And, uh, and and where do you see Andy Reese and all this? Do you see him making a play for Eddie Wilder? Hmm. Um, wise, uh, no. I mean, he's not. <laughs> he's ranked number 11th by the WBA. Um, I'm just scanning, uh, and that's it. I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, oh yeah, right. I honestly, right. I honestly don't know what they're gonna do with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where he's at right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, ever since ever since he lost to uh, Parker, he he went 
you know, he just kind of fizzled out, and now he's making his, you know, debut again. How many times, let me ask you this. I, I can't even remember. I have to look up his record again. How many times would he just come and go? You know, he would fight, and then he would go on a long layoff. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's the no, thing. I like, you... I like Candy a lot. I like his so do I. style. Um, I like his story. Um, I just don't, you know, I, honestly, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he can schedule, and I, I'm trying to pull it up uh, right now. But, uh, you know. He's, not, he's you know he's not ranked he's not pressing uh, any business right now on TV uh, you know and starting out at the top ranks. Uh, uh-huh. He's scheduled to fight uh, on 420 against Alexander Mitrenko at the uh, Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California, <laughs> uh, in a ten rounder. So that's a good fight. You know, Dimitrenko uh-huh. is coming off a loss. Uh, so that's a you know good good for Andy Ruiz, uh, bad for Devin Trenko. He you know stopped in nine rounds against Brian Jennings uh, last August. So you know let's bring him around and see what Andy Ruiz can do with him. I think that's an action fight. You know Devin Trenko's not uh, the dude, but he, you know he might give you some rounds. He's been stopped three times, uh, forty-one and four with twenty-six knockouts, and he's a big guy. Six, seven. Hey 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 uh, I uh, um. Uh, I also want to ask: Was Top Rank coming to uh, Northern California in May? Will, uh, will any of you guys be uh, making the fight then, or you know, like uh, checking it out to see, you know, to see some of the cards? I'm targeting like, going. Uh, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, the stock. Yeah, are you stocking, going? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I already got my ticket. Going, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as they announced it, as soon as they announced it, I went straight over there to the arena. Hey, are you guys got the tickets yet? <laughs> They're like, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, so yeah, I got my tickets. <laughs> what's, that, what's that date? Is that May fourth? Yeah, May fourth. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll be on stage. I'll be in my show. This is like I, I just I started until June second. I'm gonna be watching fights on tape delay. Uh huh. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay, yeah, gentlemen. Yeah, I, make I, I saw that talked, and Dave and I—I I don't think I've ever. No, one. We've 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 seen some fights together, but it's you know not as yeah. fans. I'd like to do that. Uh-huh. I'm not going as media. I'm never going on deadline again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, we've uh, always uh, been out. We've always went out as media, and and never get to like hang out and have a few beers during the fights. We we've always had to stay professional. You know, but <laughs> not this well, time. I, 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 I'll be stopped yeah, in there no, all double fisted and everything, bro. I'll be right there with you, <laughs> double fisted. <laughs> yeah, you'll blend right in, man. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, totally. thank you very much, and and I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you guys go. Okay, thank you very much. All right, all right peace. All right, right. Yeah, Dave, how did how did you know I was completely sober when I was ringside? It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stone Cold Soaker. I used to uh, hate we, it. You, you know that you know, I used to really hate it that we had to, you know, that we could and then I would see other media guys. Um because I mean here here's the thing that people don't remember that when I was doing YouTube <laughs> the publicists didn't even respect that. They would laugh. And I would show them how many hits, you know, how many how many views I was getting and I literally had to explain what YouTube at the time was. You know, so then when they started like finally catching on, they the rules somehow didn't apply to them to the new media guys. 
you know, because I was told specifically when I started, hey, you can't drink at Media Road, you can't applaud, you can't, you can't talk, you can't do certain things, or you're going to be, you know, told, you're going to be uh, told to leave. And I want to say a couple years in it, right, I started seeing the new media, you know, having alcohol, jumping up and applauding for their fighter, and, and, even really strange moments. I remember at the Ward. I want. I can't remember. It was Ward and um, Bika. I want to say. Um, and and I remember this yeah, one I didn't, meeting. I didn't cover that one live. Yeah, that was in Oakland, and the at the Oracle. And I remember sitting there, and then this guy turns around and goes, "Who's this guy, Andre Ward, fighting?" And then I looked at his tag, and and he was with the um, uh uh. Like, I think, I want to say the Oakland Press. And, and I was just so, I was like, what the hell? Like, I don't know how are you out here covering this event and you don't even know the opponent that Andre Ward is going to face, you know? So, and I, so anyways, where, I yeah, back. where were you during fight week? Yeah, yeah you know, it, it was strange. And then, and then that's when I saw that I would see guys drinking and I was like, what the, like, what the fuck's going on here, man? This ain't well, even I right. Think, I like, I left my uh, wallet in the, in the car and, and you know what I mean? But what were you going to say? I think that's uh, drinking is in boxing and, and reporters and, and boxing writers drinking in boxing. Like they, it's like Paul Hardy, cheese and crackers, you know, uh, PB and J. It just goes together. Uh, I was never much of a, like you said, I'm not much of a drinker. So, I, you know, uh, but Vegas, I mean, everybody has a, a drink before the thing and, you know, lunch, uh, not at media you know, events, uh, but then they, you know, uh, I would say, you know, people game uh, before uh, big fights in Vegas if they're not on deadline. If they're on deadline, they don't, you know. Uh, well, I always had a few after. Cool. I mean, any time after oh. the event, you know what I mean, after the press conference, uh, after I also had the – just to know, uh, in, in, for uh, Mac and, and for Doghouse, was that uh, I had a buddy who wrote, John Novosella, who's my best man, he he would write the card, and then uh, and I would uh, you know kind of move on and be you know feel free to like watch all the fights, but also go do side interviews and, and kind of move around, be more of a roving reporter during the fights. Uh, but then you know main event time or co-main event to main event time, uh, I would lock in and that I, I would be the writer from from that on, and then he you know go go do his thing. Uh, that was kind of the system. He doesn't run anymore, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, things things have definitely have changed. I mean, you go, you look at a lot of the stuff that is coming out, that's being pushed out. Um, you know, by media, I it's, don't it's, actually, it's different. I don't. You know, I just try to keep it to to read like weeds. You know, I, I feel like that about media in general. You know. Um, like the podcasts I listen to are not, they're generally interview like interviews with experts or interviews with reporters covering a particular story for a long period of time. Uh, that's what I like. Not, uh, so when I'm looking at my boxing coverage, I want people that are, you know, uh, that are actually in the field with the guy. Uh, and, and also, you know, that are, that are trained writers or experienced writers, newscasts. I really like Keith Ivey. Uh, that guy seems to, to gather the truth and be too skewed. Kind of a guy I've been reading a lot lately. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know, like I, I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you this. Uh, 
And you can always email me at the Leaving the Ring Radio. Uh, well, it's actually Leaving the Ring at gmail.com. And we get we get a bunch of uh, questions or hey or suggestions. And um, I don't remember the guy, but he had said, hey, what are the podcasts? shows that you listen to and he had mentioned one that he listens to religiously and I said I I actually have never uh I've only heard it once I think I said and I never tuned in again and he was like why like he wanted an explanation and my I I just you know explained was like well I honestly I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts boxing podcasts I just don't you know um if it's just opinionated like you just mentioned I, you know, I can listen to it to a little bit and then I'll, I'll tune out. I actually like to listen to something that I'm going to get some type of information that I'm not going to get from anywhere else, you know, or from somebody that actually are going to the fights and they're going to tell me a little bit something. I like kind of stories too. I like a podcast that kind of throws stories and, you know, like Kurt. I like listening to Kurt's interviews because Kurt kind of draws you in the conversation when he's talking to her, whoever he's interviewing. And he's like mentioning like some backstory and intertwines it into the subject they're, they're, they're kind of speaking on. So it's kind of fun. That's the kind of stuff I like. So, you know, I'm just one of those. I, I, I rarely ever listen to other podcasts. Um, I tell you one that I really About like. Boxing? Is bo- like yeah. yeah, I like the boxing guru, Sal. I really like his show. You know, I, and I think I mentioned that to him. I, that's, and the guy was like, oh, I've never heard of that one. I'm like, well, you got to check it out. It's a really funny show. The guy's pretty funny. Pretty, I mean, he's knowledgeable. So, you know, he's a really fun show that I like to listen to. But it's not everybody's preference. You know, I just don't like it when somebody kind of tries to push the show on you. Like, oh, you should listen to this guy, and this guy's great. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I tried it, but, you know, I'm strange like that, what I'm trying to say here, Gabriel. I don't even listen to our show after we're done. You know, it's awkward. No. Hmm. Yeah, why would I listen to myself? Yeah. Well, yeah. all right, we're... Uh... Coming down the stretch here, I need to uh, do the uh, spider wrap or the uh, the weekend wrap. Um, let me make sure I'm on the all right Thursday. This is the uh, upcoming boxing TV schedule. Thursday, March 28th, Cowboys Dance Hall in San Antonio, Texas. Actually, I'm not going to announce this fight. People can uh, look it up for themselves. Uh, I want nothing to do with that promotion. They can figure out who I'm talking about from there. Saturday, March 30th, 2300. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ESPN, ESPN Plus. Um, it's a really long fight card. Uh, but Alexander Vodnik versus uh, Dudu Ngumbu. Uh, I hope that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, light heavyweights, uh, also Samin Machine takes on the new Ray Robinson, welterweights, 10 rounds. Uh, and then there's a million fights on the undercard. Uh, Fantasy Springs, Indio, California on DAZN. Uh, Ryan Instagram Garcia versus Jose Lopez, uh, lightweights, 10 rounds. Uh, I'd like your new favorite fighter. Would you say top 10? Ryan Garcia, Dave? No. Would he be in my top 10? <laughs> no. Uh, he'd be uh, in my in- top 10 Instagram fighters. How about that? I like is this card, top though. <laughs> top 10 Instagram fighters, he is number one. Um, We'll see. You know, this is uh, it's just you know developmental fights right now, and and, and the right yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his All opponent is, is about the same height as him, and I think yeah. that's a good thing. He's not like fighting another midget. He's gonna have to deal with a guy with some some boxing skills and some durability. Uh, but you got like well, Nico Garcia. The good thing they got a good matchmaker, you know, because um, I think I think Garcia would have picked the wrong fights too early, too soon in his career if he if it was up to him. So. Uh, 
know, you trust Golden the guys Boy. that uh, helped yep. Canelo get where he's at. Um, I think you can, we can kind of say that these these are guys that know how to develop fighters at this point, and and also aren't afraid to risk them, and they make action. But uh, yep. this card, uh, uh, like Joette Gonzalez is somebody that's looked forward to in the future. Uh, also, Nico Macias rounds the card, and Aaron McKenna, uh, as well as Romel Caballero. Uh, uh, starts out that card. So, um, but then you also have at the MMS MNS Bank Arena in Liverpool, England. Liam Smith versus Sam Eggington, Anthony Fowler versus Scott Fitzgerald, and, and uh, David Price still trying to convince us that he can win at the heavyweight division uh, or the heavyweight, you know, the top level. Uh, he's been stopped a bunch of times. I really don't want to see him get hit in the game. Yeah. He really uh, wants to pay the price. Oh, oh, he does. Uh, but he's taking on Cash Ali, probably my favorite name. That's Cash with a K, uh, Cash Ali. Let's see if uh, Price can cash that check come uh, this Saturday. And that is your weekend <laughs> fight schedule, Dave. That is 25 fights this weekend, Dave. Are we expected to watch all 25 of those fights? You know, I probably won't because I got a life, but um... – I'm going to try my best not to have a life and watch them all. I will try my best, Gabriel. I mean, you know, like the, the zone card, that card has three 12 round, four 12 rounders and a 10 rounder. Um, so you, those kind of go some rounds. That's a chunk of time. Well, I want to see, you right? know, the, the zone card, the, the, definitely the zone I want to watch. I want to see Romel Caballero because we followed the Caballero family for years. You know, um, they made their um, – when they signed with Golden Boy, they made their debut on Leaving the Ring. Even before they signed with Golden Boy, if you remember, um, Randy used to come on Leaving the Ring a lot and uh, talk boxing and his father, Mar- Marcos. So following them, I definitely want to see how the younger brother, who I think has got the goods, um, how he I'm does. I'm just saying, okay, this card, you know, the, the England card, it's in the morning, right? So I'm going to lay yeah. down on the couch and like or eat or do whatever while that's going on because we want to see these fights. And then what I'm supposed to like do split screen while I'm watching the, 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 the is that what they all want me to do. I, I just Pretty don't, much. you know, I, <laughs> it's too much boxing, Dave. I'm just trying to say it's too much boxing. And, and if never. you did that, if you never it, too much, have boxing. you really seen those fights? Have you seen those fights? I don't think so. So I guess it's going to yeah. have to extend to Sunday. <laughs> It is. Bottom line, Dave, there's a lot of boxing to be had this weekend. Yes. Finally, uh, the boxing fans' dream has finally came true. That's now becoming a nightmare for the consumer here uh, in a boxing heart. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Fight Fans, hey, man, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and and leaving the ring. Uh, Appreciate all the calls. We'll catch up with you guys next week. Monday, we'll do the review on this past week's fight. Uh, As always, don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Gabriel? Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.